coming up on Just Elders Podcast. Ain't nobody got to come and sit still in no spot and and hear your platitudes about what the text says and listen to your doctrinal statements about what the requirements are to be a part of this little fucking group. That's bullshit. Like she was literally trying to tell me this wasn't black. And I didn't know, I wasn't equipped to say, man, you racist as fuck, ho. Like like I went, I went. She was trying to kill you. Then, you know, fuck Kanye West. So the other thing is 20, 30 years ago, parents started saying you're being too hard on our kids. And we started this evil thing called Children's Church where (laughs) everybody got sent downstairs to the basement and the children were removed from the community and they couldn't hear what thus saith the Lord, assuming that children were dumb. You know, if 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 God knew us before we were. While we while we were knit in our mother's womb, you think it got past God? If God got that much information, you think it got past God that you was gonna like to jack off? How do we leverage stuff? What people Kanye West is doing with Sunday services? How do we leverage what Snoop Dogg did when he did his gospel album? We got major artists with major platforms. Give I feel like giving the church an alley oop. Um, don't quite know where I fit on everyone's spectrum in terms of white Jesus. I I grew up with. Very is Jesus day. white or black to you? Jesus is <coughs> ready. Born ready. What's up, family? It's your boy Eldridge. Thank you for tuning in to the Just Eldridge podcast. As always, I just want to thank everybody for listening and tuning in last week. Uh, we definitely got some more reviews. That's exciting. I need those. I need those. Um, for those that don't know, every week I got friends that text me what they think, but they never rate and review it. So on my reviews, it looked like just my mama listening because that's the only one that be reviewing. But this week we got about 15. So I appreciate that. So do me a favor, rate and review this show. I'm definitely excited about it. This week is a pivot. Um, we were going to talk about something else, but in lieu of a current event, I felt like it was necessary to have a conversation that I've been wanting to have anyway. But today, I pulled it together in less than four hours, less than three hours. So I appreciate everybody that's here because, you know, when you're talking to church folk, on a Sunday, that's a big deal. Cause church folk on a Sunday, the last thing they want to do is talk about church after church. So I appreciate it. Um, I'm gonna introduce everybody really fast. I'm gonna start with the young lady to my right, ladies first. Uh, 
this young lady, I don't even remember how we necessarily met. I know, I think it was online for sure. I think we just. No, I met you at a um, pitch event. You were pitching, yeah. Spin the phone. Yep. Oh, nice, nice. So, recent uh, young lady, but since I've been following her online, sister is an entrepreneur, uh, driven, hardworking, uh, beautiful, great personality, uh, God-fearing. You know, I'm just a fan of the brand. I'm a fan of the brand, and I think she's going to bring a dope perspective. And, you know, she representing the sisters. Y'all always say I need to bring those sisters on the pod. So, Kena, thank you very much for being thank here. Thank you. Cool. This next person uh, I want to bring to the mic. Uh, I've been knowing this man since I was 12 years old. Wow, yeah. Yeah, like on some random. My cousin used to have this like birthday weekend he did every year. We going to Six Flags. And uh, I met this one dude. We just linked up and we just been cool ever since, man. I think his perspective that he brings to this conversation is important. Because when you talk about uh, being a church boy, uh, this is the epitome. <laughs> this is the realest church boy I know, man. Pastor, his uh, uh, daddy a church boy. He a church boy. Love God, loves the church, loves our people, and somebody that has just been very genuine uh, throughout my life. And you know, just being able to see you grow and who you are. Also, new entrepreneur too. Uh, I'm letting him say the name. His name is Louis Dees. What's the name of your uh, business? <laughs> it's Dees Nuts and other sweet treats. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you can see, that's why I love him. So, uh, you know, that's how you take so something that you struggled with your whole life, Dees Nuts, and you win. <laughs> He he was resilient. <laughs> so, uh, Lewis, man, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling great. A little tired, but I'm excited about this topic. So I'm glad you're here. Energetic. I'm glad you're here. Yes, sir. This last person, and he called me out at the beginning of the show, and it is what it is. <laughs> so this brother right here is, you know, if y'all know, my other title is the Prince of WAOK. <laughs> and you can only be called a prince if a king respects that title. And the one king on WALK, out of all three, there's Derek Bozeman, there's Rashad Ritchie, and then there's the blackest man on radio, my big brother, my friend, Dr. F. Keith Slaughter in the building. Sure enough. Man, what's up? What's up, man? What's mm -hmm. up? Glad to be here, man. Thank you for letting me have a big mic today. Uh, you, I, I have no choice. I have no <laughs> say in the matter. You know, if, you know, if it was me, I'll put you over here. But, uh, <laughs> but that ain't up to me. You know what I'm, I'm, I'm at your mercy. You the king of this castle. <laughs> nah, man, you know what? It's a big deal to have you here because I know you've been preaching today, and I know you got to wake up super early tomorrow. So we ain't gonna waste your time, but I, I mean, it's I, good. It's, it's good to be here, brother, with the brothers and good brothers and good sisters in the room. I'm, I'm glad. glad to be here. I'm glad. Mm -hmm. I'm glad. Respect. Respect. So today, y'all, we ain't got no rules. We ain't got no um, nothing you can't say. I just want to have a real conversation. What I will put out there, because I've been wrestling, what do I want this conversation to be about? And I couldn't necessarily figure that out, but I do know what I want the outcome to be. Uh, I definitely want people to hear different perspectives on a couple of things what we're facing when we talk about the state of the church. Uh, one, a big thing, why are millennials leaving the church? Why do we think that is? Um, two, I wanna, um, today, one of the main reasons we pivoted 
we talked about uh, Kanye West. He's doing these Sunday services, and today he came to Atlanta uh, at New Birth. Um, and New Birth, had, it was packed. It, I mean, New Birth always packed, but it was overly packed this week with Young Millennials. I, I was streaming it, and I knew a couple of people that were there, so I was watching the stories. So he definitely attracted a crowd that's normally not there. Um, has anybody heard the service or heard anything that they talked about the service anything? The first time I heard about the service, um, a friend of mine actually was in L.A. Mm -hmm. um, and she was in L.A. during, it was it was the weekend that uh, Nipsey Hussle died. Passed away. Uh -huh, passed away. And so, um, and Kanye had a service that Sunday. Um, it, w it just so happened to be a service um, that he had on the mountain uh, in L.A. And she did such a vivid breakdown of um, the service, like from top to bottom. And that's how I originally I was intrigued about it. And then just last week in my hometown, I'm from Chicago, right. and um, he just was there in Chicago. And right. so a lot of my family and friends um, ended up going. So I've heard a lot about it. Are they getting, is he getting an offering? So, and I want to talk about this too. Like, so <laughs> that's what I'm, I want. Are you getting no, an offering? No, I'm glad you said this. Okay. I'm glad you said this because, so, <laughs> all right, let's, let's just jump right into it. So today he came to New Birth. <laughs> And what they did, they were smart. Jamal got an offering. You <laughs> so, better so, so look, so look. Before the service started, you know they were smart. They put Kanye at the end because you put him at the beginning. It's gonna be like that time when Oprah came to speak at Spelman, and after she finished speaking, a half the audience left the school. Right. Like right. so, they were smart. They put Kanye West at the end. Uh, if you Facebook live, don't go live. If you live, okay. Um, they put him at the end. But yeah, come on, they can't get this shit. They can't get it early. So uh <laughs> <laughs> So uh the beginning the first five, 45 minute of the service was the pastor talking about tithes and offering. Talking about talking about giving and he did a uh he said I'm believing for 20 people to give a thousand dollars today. Really, that's how they got down, bro. It wasn't Jamal, but it was his deacon, whoever the, the brother is. They did wow. that. And look, he was looking in the crowd, they panned the camera on T.I. <laughs> when T.I. went on big screen, T.I. was like, shit, shit, not me. <laughs> not me, but it's the thing. They, they, they raised their 20,000. So I had a lot of people that were pissed off and they were like, man, you got all these people in church that normally don't come to church that already feel like the church is about money. And Drop. and that's what you do. That's how, like. I just want to interject something real quick. I'm, I'm glad. Not, not defending New Birth, not defending Jamal, Brian Harris, or anything like that, but church is a business as well. You got to remind people that love and the gospel don't keep the lights on. So if a massive church like New Birth, we've all been there before. It's a huge church. Right. After the Eddie Long scandal, folks left, left and right. So you still got the bills without the people. You got a new pastor who's got to prove himself. So you got to do a gimmick like everybody else has a gimmick. So you bring in Kanye, who's hot at the moment. You need $20,000 to pay those bills. So people keep saying all these things, but those very people would not have given a dime, I guarantee you, if they never made that appeal. So we like to harp on the church for all of its shortcomings it's all about money but we don't give to our hbcus we don't give to our churches we talk about all the things that they can't do but we don't support those very things so if the people don't do what they're supposed to do how are we upset if they do the gimmicky thing
you got something to say, Schlatter? I know, I know. I'm, I'm trying to just I'm, I'm, trying to feel feel my sisters and brothers out, you know, and I don't want to just dive in and just you know that's go piranha. That's why you here. That's why you here. You know what I'm saying? That's why you here because look, look you know, I'm this, indifferent about it. Yeah. And I, again, know, I, I, I want to say again, I'm not. Trust me, I've got plenty of criticisms, but I just want food for thought because we jump right into the finger pointing, but we we rarely ask, and I'm not talking from a ministerial pastor point of, uh, point of view, but usually from the lay members. As a PK, as a minister myself, I hear people talk all the time about what's wrong with the church, why don't we do this, why don't we do that. When it's time to actually get this stuff off the ground, the saints ain't there. It's usually pastor, for, again, small church. My mama, my daddy, the ones who have to rack their brain, go into their pocketbook, have to go and people talk about them. If they get a new car, they swear up and down that we stole the tithes and offer from the church. My daddy works nine to five, he's a technician. We ain't stealing nobody's nothing. We love the Lord, but people swear up and down that one, if you're a pastor, you can't have nice things. You gotta live in a poor house, you take it from them, but they don't put anything back, but they're begging all the time for something, even if they put nothing in there. So I feel two ways now also, like. I'll leave that for now. We got a long time to talk, so just want to agitate a little bit of things. Like the narrative of it all, we love to, especially with this cancel culture that we have, we want to cancel everything and everybody, including the church, when it's the church that helped us get as far as we've gotten. And also, last thing, and Lewis will shut up, every church isn't a new birth. Every church isn't a world changers. So if they're the small minority of the churches, why are we always pointing at them and forgetting Grandmom and them's church who actually supports us, the one who married and buried you and counseled you when that knucklehead beat you upside the head and when you didn't have enough food on the table, that's who really helped you get over. It was the church nine times out of ten. Slaughter gonna talk, man, cause you squirming over there, man. God damn. No, like. brother, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. And what I'm doing is trying to learn my brother's perspective. Um, you, you said a whole lot of stuff, like a whole lot of stuff in a short amount of time. And um, and so I guess the thing that I, like, that I don't wanna do is I don't wanna critique your critique. Um, I think that the reason that, okay, I pastor, a small church in this community, right where you know, right around the corner from where we are, I have pastored large churches uh, before, and you know, made um, half decent salary uh, before, and enjoyed you know some of the some of the perks and some of the you know what goes along with doing church that way, um, and that's you know it was cool, but I couldn't be myself. I had to satisfy folk um, and I had to join them in their, in their white theological understandings. Uh, and I'm not saying I'm, and what I'm saying is, is that it's important for, to me, for, to, for me as a pastor to be honest um, and so when we say, when you say something, you know, it's, it's a gimmick to, to turn the lights on in that space. Well, my question is, well then is the space really needed if 
you got to do that in order to maintain it. You know, that would be the, a question that I would ask. Right. Um, but when it comes to uh, what the church, you know, what you shared about what the church has done, of course, the church is the one of the greatest institutions ever on the face of the planet, the black church, uh, the uh, period. And I'm, I'm blessed to be able to be a, um, a, a teacher of preachers. And so, but what is, 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 is paramount for me when it comes to working with, with young black preachers and preparing them to go out into the, to the world is, um, is to be honest and to be authentic and to, uh, and to love our people to kill white Jesus and to resurrect uh, a Jesus that uh, can empower our people and give us the kind of opportunities that we need uh, to heal spiritually because we have been assaulted by white people with that bullshit that they put on us. Right. You know? Unless, Keen, you want to jump in? Because if not, I got something. And, 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 and let me let me say this too like, like one i know everybody here personally like for real for real yeah so it ain't no issue yeah and, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I, yeah i ain't doing and I, like i said i'm just gonna do it say I'm, you know i would say this wherever in right, the world right you know i was what i was on aib said the same thing they right. was like okay thank you dr slaughter just one break <laughs> for you <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so, so I, just, I just i just i just, just, just want to get everybody what they say agency you yeah. know speak freely and yeah, how yeah. we want to that i just want to put that out there right now Tell them shit, yeah no. <laughs> yeah but no you can proceed i'm, I'm no, still I, listening i was gonna say and i agree with everything you said doctor and that's absolutely true i'm i i just graduated from mcafee school of theology shout out to the bears um and i came in there saying that my purpose and my job to be being here is I want to purge the whiteness out of the church and to help salvage the black church for who it was, who it is, and who it can be. Um, I believe the black church is the greatest institution for black people in America and around the world. I believe that black Pentecostalism is perhaps the most authentic form of black Christianity that can be expressed. Um, so with that being said, I agree. Hey, that's me. But I agree with what you said. Um, I also think that what's happened with Kanye West at New Birth specifically, because I think there's two different conversations, one about Kanye's Sunday services, one, and then Kanye's Sunday service as it manifested at New Birth, those are two different things. So I think that with the whole pitch for the tithes and the offering before he even came up, I think that did a great disservice to the church uh, locally and the church worldwide. Um, so, but man, them brothers, Man, it's just like anything else, man. Them brothers be grimy at that level, bruh. That's just what it is. This is, this you know, this ain't holy for everybody. Right. You see what I'm saying? It's like you said, it's a business for people, and whenever you're doing business, it get gangster. Right. You know what I'm saying? Straight up. Right, and, right. And when you're looking at what, what these, what the mega church dudes be doing, is they be pimping black people's weakness for white theology, <laughs> and that's and that's just what it is. And they pimp the people out and and get the money, and build monuments unto themselves, 
and get, get and garner the favor of whites at the same time. It's a no lose. <laughs> I mean, it's a win, win, win. I agree with you on that, and that's and that's kind of where my issue is. I, I I don't like that all churches get lumped up into what happens when they get on that level. You know what I'm saying? Because all churches ain't that. Um, like you to what your point was. You know, people be talking about tithes and offering, and then people like, well, this is what the church supposed to be doing. This is how I judge people. Like, okay, if the church is supposed to be in the streets and the per church, you know, that's what we always say, a non-judgmental place. How does that reflect in your own life? You know what I'm saying? What organizations are you supporting that are in the streets? You know what I mean? For a lot of times, most people not. Most people are just critiquing for critique's sake. The reason why I had stepped away from the church when I stepped away, my my background, I grew up with white Jesus. The the great Me too. You know, I'm talking about <laughs> like the well, I grew up with the white Jesus from the white man. It's is there's levels to white Jesus. You know what I'm saying? There's white Jesus that black people teach, and then there's white Jesus that yeah, that's a monster. That, that other kid is a straight monster. Yeah, so yeah, I came kid. from I came to real belly of the beast, like Monroe, Georgia, a church of five hundred people, three black families, and then we went to their white private school. And I, I I remember being in school, and one time when I was reading the Bible, and that verse where Solomon says, "I am black," I was excited as hell. Like, oh shit, that's the first time I could identify with anything in this uh in this thing called Christianity. And I remember I took it to school and my teacher, and I was talking to the white boys like, shit, the richest man in the world was a black man. And then my teacher in school argued me down that, oh, well, when he said black, he really just meant it was dark because, you know, they're over there. And like, she was literally trying yeah. to tell me yeah. this wasn't black. Yeah. And I didn't know, I wasn't equipped to say, man, you racist as fuck, ho. <laughs> like, right. like, I went, I went. She was trying to kill you. Like, I didn't know that. And then my parents were in addressing that. So I, when I say I grew up in the belly of this. So when I walked away from the church, it was because I really wasn't fucking with it no more. So it wasn't until I met people like Dr. Schlatter, um, people like uh, Rev, uh, yeah, Reverend Derek Rice with Sankofa Church, where they reconciled my blackness with my Christianity. You know what I'm saying? And then it was it wasn't until I met y'all where the conversation of white Jesus versus black Jesus was even had. We just be talking about Jesus. And then well, you converted well, Eldridge. Bruh, this is this is new. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a new conversion. We talking about I, I was introduced to this network when I was twenty three. I'm twenty nine now. So that was twenty three years of and then I, I had left away from the street, you going to hell from everything to like the Hill song, you ain't going to hell for nothing. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> like, like I don't been through levels of this church thing. I don't been, I don't been through levels of this church thing. And, and you know, now I'm, I'm still trying to figure this shit out. I, if, but I did yeah. too, brother. I mean, I went through the same kind. Of, I started off. My dad was a, a preacher. I'm a, a preacher's kid. I grew up in Memphis uh, in the Baptist church scene. I grew up around, among black Baptist preachers, black bourgeois. Okay, middle class <laughs> black preachers. And then we moved. Uh, my dad lost his church and we moved to Arkansas. And then I got introduced to Poe Black, Poe Black Church. Right, right. Right. And in, in the and the self hatred turns up a notch. Oh, yeah. yeah you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? It does. Uh, with, with, and, and let's just be honest, just with the, the, the ignorance, you know, people being steeped in. In white theological interpretations that are based upon 
um, just self-loathing, you know, at its at its highest. And then from there, my transition was to I became a TBN Christian. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Which first, first before that, I was a Charles Stanley Christian. <laughs> I thought he was my spiritual daddy. You know, because he told a story one time, man, about Brady. being poor. <laughs> and he got me, man. He was like, I was, I grew up with my mama. It was just me and my mama. You heard him tell the story about it. it was him and his mama growing up in a house behind somebody else's house. I saw, oh, shit, I can feel this cracker here. You know what I'm saying? And then from from that to you know. TBN, Paul and uh, the Crouches and uh, Jet Paul, and, you know what I'm saying, and 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 the TD and the Creflo, cause that was that was my teacher. Right. They were my teachers because you always learning wherever you are. Right. Right. So they was teaching me because that's what I was consuming. Right. And then from there, I messed around and moved to Atlanta and found out about a place called ITC. And then it was all bets was off after that, cause that's when I discovered, whoa. All of that was bullshit. Right. That right. that 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 was killing me. And I was and I've been telling other people that. I've been killing other people. So what do you do? Becomes the the question because I would venture to say, well, I know Jamal and and I know T D. I know them they know. They know they ain't finna tell it though. Cause it'll cut off the flow, flow. <laughs> you see, I, um, this is good. This is it's interesting. I'm in this conversation. Um, so my background no, you is belong in this conversation. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, um, gosh, I sometimes you take your um, upbringing for granted, and. Um, one thing I learned, I I took for granted that a lot of people grew up in the way that I did, even though, like, I know that that wasn't the case. Like, I took that for granted how many people did not. Um, so for me, I didn't grow up um, with what y'all call white Jesus, <laughs> white Jesus. Yeah. Um, I grew up, so, I mean, from birth, I grew up in a um, Hebrew, Messianic Jew background, mm -hmm. period. Um, we studied on uh, Saturdays. Um, we knew our presence in the Bible. Um, that's how I grew up. Um, but I also, you know, would, would go Sundays with my grandmother, who was missionary Baptist. So what that did is it created dialogue in our household where now we, I have to, I have questions because I'm an inquisitive child. We're all inquisitive children in my family. I'm is seven inquisitive children <laughs> and um and my father more so my father than anything allowed us to have the opportunity to have the conversations mm -hmm. because he had those conversations he you know went through the same process you went through mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. came to this yes. this place and he's like now i'm gonna allow my children to have these questions you went to church with grandma and then you go to like temple on Saturday. So now what do you think about that? What are you getting? So I was able to see the intersection of Christianity from the Eurocentric perspective and then from this Hebraic Afrocentric perspective. And um, I was able to see how it conflicts and also how it, um, the similarities of the two. Overlaps. Mm -hmm, yeah. How it overlaps. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, 
we got to a point where when we got to like high school age we were able to start making more decisions of our own spirituality um and so i found myself teeter-tottering like somewhere between our old background that never goes away you never once you know that you can't unknow that right um but bringing that into spaces where i'm now going to non-denominational churches and finding what churches you know fit me you know um i'm from chicago and chicago is a very afrocentric city you know yeah, black e- power it's yeah black e- power yeah in even in the churches yeah. i and moved so, here from chicago really we, we, our family moved here from chicago okay yeah, so yeah. yeah it's so that is very like you know present that's a present so i grew up going you know i um i visited you know trinity um united with you know yeah. with reverend yeah, wright, jeremiah wright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, jeremiah, yeah. um and so I mean, I visited that church. Uh, we we were allowed to kind of see these different perspectives. I mean, we even saw like listen to Farrakhan, you know, of um, yeah. because that's how you had to. yeah yeah well, that's how the climate of yeah, that's uh, Shottown. That's Shottown of black City. spirituality is yeah, yeah. and yeah. so I mean in Chicago so yeah. so for everybody me everybody move around and, and we move and around it's syncretistic it's, it it's is a syncretism and you you know we cause cause above the religious affiliation mm-hmm. is blackness right so that that's the common we, denominator that's the common denominator so that's the common denominator yeah. so what i what i was able to see and i think my perspective i think um people see um i don't have this great deal of church hurt or anything like that um but i i think people see you know the mega churches and then they say because i i did hear you say like you know um you see that a lot in mega churches but I think pimping is like equal opportunity. And I think as much pimping, you can see that in a mega church, you can also see in your homegrown churches. Cause mm-hmm. like really yeah. anytime you're in a position where you are a pastor or you in ministry, you're looked at as the expert in that space. So even within your, that small micro group of your neighborhood or, or wherever, you can easily take on a God complex. It's not hard for that to be the case. Beyond the shadow of doubt. And then sister. that from that mm-hmm. comes manipulation. So I've mm-hmm. seen manipulation on both ends. I've seen manipulation from people who bring the quote-unquote truth of the Bible or truth of our blackness in it. And I've seen manipulation from the Eurocentric perspective. So for me, where that left me is, in a sense, it's, it's worshiping in spirit and truth. And what that really say, what that really means is, for me, I, I cannot, I will not follow any of these perspectives blindly. I have to go back to my creator, and I have to say, okay, God, what are we doing? You know, from this, I have to follow my own discernment, walk into these spaces, and just follow that. And and what I found because I don't really fit in in any of the church circles, I I can't, you know. I grew up keeping feast days. Like I grew up, you know, doing Rosh Hashanah and, and Sukkoth, Feast of Booths, all of that. So that doesn't, obviously that doesn't fit in most non-denominational spaces. So I have I have to eat the meat, spit out the bones in all of my interactions with church um, so, as an adult. So with, with what I'm seeing right now with a lot of millennials moving to church, it's definitely not your perspective. I think you have a unique perspective. 
But what? No what? Like without doubt. Yeah, without doubt. <laughs> but I can understand. The, yeah. the I can understand these other perspectives because these are conversations that yeah, you know have, that we, I'm ha- we, we have daily. all the time. But what yeah. I'm saying, what I'm saying, a lot of people. If we just gonna be real, there was a period where I didn't go to church because I just didn't want to go to church. It wasn't because I was mad at the church; they hurt me. Mm-hmm. It was just like one day I woke up and I didn't go to church on Sunday because I'd be going out on Saturday, and I was like, "Damn, it felt good to sleep in." Like, and, then, and you know what I'm saying, and then. One thing that pissed me off when I go to church, like I always get put to church, I always get put to work, so I don't never just get to go to church and just like sometimes I just be wanting to be that lazy member that don't tie, don't work, don't do nothing. <laughs> like, but but the like, thing about it is that's that's antithetical to the the role that you play in the community because. That's when we gather. You, right. You, 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 you have. Let me ask. You have a responsibility to gather. And I know. And, I, <laughs> and, to, and to bring so, and to bring to bear, you know, what you have to share with someone who is going to be in whatever that space you're in. Right. Is 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 looking and waiting on you to bring them. Right. So <laughs> you know, I, I agree. I know. I know. I be on some bullshit. But when I'm talking about my other friends' bullshit, when it comes to like. You know, I got my uh, what I call meme conscious friends, where they have been <laughs> awoken through the world of memes. You know what I'm saying? And uh, <laughs> so, like, what do you say? What do you say to those that are like, you know, I ain't going to church because that's that slave mentality. I ain't Christianity ain't real. Jesus don't exist. Like, what are we saying to that conversation? Like, because so because I will, a lot of people that saying that are now listening to Kanye West too, though. So that's why Kanye West is important to the conversation. Is in the sense of, I don't. Well, fo- it's spectacle, brother. Yeah, I mean, people are drawn by spectacle, but when you when when you ask the question, oh, how do I respond to people who say Christianity is bullshit, Jesus ain't real, blah blah blah, so on and so forth? And I mean, what you do is you refer them to resources. Uh, to help them to get the information, the inf- it ain't like the it's hidden and it's secret. We all know Jesus is black. We all know that Christianity and all other uh, the, the three two other major religions with uh, Christianity, Islam, and and uh, uh, Judaism were all uh, uh, created on the African continent by African people. I mean, it's that there, there is a response for that <laughs> that, right. that makes sense and is logical for those questions. So I'm. Um, in 2019, as a millennial, first, we're not young anymore, which is hard for us to realize. <laughs> oh, the fuck. You speak for yourself. <laughs> but I'm 29. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, <laughs> and this is just from someone who still believes in the tenets of the faith and the way that it's been passed down to me. Um, don't quite know where I fit on everyone's spectrum in terms of white Jesus. I, I grew up with very Is Jesus day. white or black to you? Jesus is black. Okay. That's all I need. Mean. I grew up with educated pastors who... And parents who taught me to cherish my blackness. So I only asked you that because we had a major pastor that we asked to say he didn't care. But keep going. I'm sorry. Anyhow, I would say Real that, major. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the important thing is that I think that a lot of these people, we're, we're asking the question of why aren't people coming to church? And I welcome this. I welcome the church being purged. I welcome the downsizing of the church. I welcome us getting back to actual Christian communities because if you go back to the origins, Christians weren't popular until they got taken over by the state. 
Christianity got co-opted by the state, and that's when, you know, Jesus became an idol instead of being the guy that was worshipped or the promised Messiah or the uh, master teacher. A lot of these people who don't want to come to church, who are meme woke or who just regurgitate certain things that they saw on YouTube, they've not studied to show themselves approved. They don't know. They're just fake hoteps. They're not even real hoteps. They, they have not studied anything. So I have no respect for them, to which I would also say that they are not saved. So if you're not saved, the, 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 the ecclesia, the church of Jesus Christ, those are people who actually believe. And I'm not saying that the church is barred for people who don't believe, but, oh, why is nobody come? They need to, they probably have not been confronted with the gospel. If for 20, 30 years of your life, it's been fluff, it's been hype, it's been rah, 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 but nobody ever told you who Jesus was and that Jesus saves, it doesn't mean anything to you. If your mom went to church, jumped, shouted, and ran, but never taught you anything at home, you have no foundation. If you didn't see what the pastor taught being lived out at home, why would you have any stock in this when you could just lay in your bed, go to brunch, have a nice boozy brunch, enjoy yourself? But see, that's not my testimony. See, my parents lived what they taught. My parents lived what they preached, and they told me that I was a beautiful black boy and that Jesus loved me and that that was to be celebrated and I had a responsibility. So the other thing is, 20, 30 years ago, parents started saying, you're being too hard on our kids, and we started this evil thing called Children's Church where <laughs> everybody got sent downstairs to the basement and the children were removed from the community, and they couldn't hear what thus saith the Lord, as, assuming that children were dumb. Yeah, this and is it, true. Chil Chil now, I'm with you on that. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm still going. Keep going. So keep going. everybody told me when I was eight, nine years old, after my mama made sure she taught me how to pray. When I said, Mommy, I don't understand this, she said, well, we're communicating with God, and if you listen, God will speak back. I listened for God. I, I took my Bible to school because I believed in what it said, and when I had issues, I took it to my father and my mother, and if they didn't know, they said, son, guess what? I don't know. They didn't make up anything. So my faith was able to mature. It was able to uh, flourish. I've lost my faith and regained it. So a lot of these people who are leaving the church were never part of the church. Mm. They were just forced to come. And so when they say, regurgitate a bunch of stuff, and when I'm eloquent in my defense of the gospel, in my defense of Jesus, they just say, oh, you're just reciting what's been told. No, I know in whom I've believed, and everybody else can talk about it. But my faith is aligned with the faith of the apostles in Acts 2.42. So that's my Okay. I never heard nobody call the children's church evil. But <laughs> look, I get. That's let me let me tell you. What's up? The youth ministries were evil, too. Because it was never nobody really to be. They weren't really to be real. <laughs> it wouldn't be real. Like, I remember going to, like, so I was a member of this church called Church In and Out. And Church In and Out had Team Planet. Yeah, out there. Yeah, 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 out there on the side of the road. What was the old buddy's name? He was connected with the old, dirty old cracker. Uh, 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 what's that cra dirty ass cracker name? Uh, they, they used to Paltz. Oh, yeah, that Paltz, was his. That was his uncle. uncle. Yeah, yeah. So and no, they was all freaking each other, and he, his mama was his cousin or uh, sister. I don't uh, know the deep. Y'all don't, don't remember that. Y'all don't remember that. I don't know the story of. I don't know the. Like I know. I know. No, no. I know a whole bunch of drama. Look, look. I know. I know. I know a whole bunch of drama coming out. I don't, man. I don't know the drama, but I was connected to uh, <laughs> Bishop. I was connected to Bishop Jim Earl Sweet. And let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Uh, oh, Lord. I was connected to Bishop Jim Earl Sweet. But I will say, Church in yeah. Now, that was the first church that gave me a platform 
to really do ministry. Like when I was 16. And that was a nephew that was really a son. Oh, well, I don't, I don't know the beef for all that. I didn't I don't, know that part. Like I didn't know all that. <laughs> I know it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot that came out. It was it was heavy. It, it ultimately it ultimately all this stuff that was coming out ultimately why the church is now belongs to Springfield. Yeah, it's Springfield Baptist now. But in that church, like, shout out to Judah, he probably listened. In that church. That was the first church that gave me the platform to like serve, right? Like when I was fifteen, the prison, the youth prison ministry was mine. Like I was planning and coordinating monthly visits to the YDC because the church now they gave me like a platform. Team Planet was our own church. But the reason why I agree with you, why I was like, we used to just get put into this baby food theology, because I like I remember asking. Nah, because I remember asking, like, I never, it's, I got one question that I always ask my pastor, and I never got an answer. Excuse me, Kenny, because I know ladies are watching. And I remember we was in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and we was in the cabins, and we just had this powerful movement of God. And, you know, everybody was crying, and that only happened to me one time, never with them, but I was, everybody was crying, and everybody's hands was up. So after it was over, we were just asking the pastor questions, and he was just answering questions whatever we wanted to ask and I was like you know seriously I was convicted I was like am I going to hell for jacking off all the time <laughs> yep <laughs> you in hell now <laughs> you in hell now <laughs> he was so embarrassed that I asked that question he didn't even answer it. he skipped over it but it was like bro that was a serious question that a lot of niggas in the room needed to hear <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like, That's funny. Like, You've been crazy a long time, yes, bro. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, he has. So, like, I just really want, and you know, I really wanted to know that. And that passed What did you find out? What did you, what, what did you, did you, what you I, does, did, did, did God not know that you would have a propensity for self, uh, self satisfying? <laughs> you think God, I mean, do people really think that? stuff gets past God you know if 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 God knew us before we were while we while we were knit in our mother's womb you think it got past God if God got that much information you think it got past God that you was gonna like to jack off <laughs> I mean you know hey. I, 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 hey. you know my thing is God loves us uh not in spite of what we do not in spite of who we are but because of who we are, <laughs> because of what we like. Yeah, you think God, he got past God that I was gonna like what I like? <laughs> Come on. This is true. You know, hell, I'm cool. That's how I know. Mean, it's how other people. The thing about, see, that's that intersectionality between, uh, you know, I call it the three headed, evil three headed monster Christ, Christianity, democracy, and capitalism, which is America, it, which is all lies and all bullshit. You know, and it's all based on white supremacy, right? And 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 which which is all about deception and violence. Right. So we place value on people who are able either to uh, amass resources through violence or to amass resources through deception, and that's the conversation that we having. 
about people who amass, you know, because Kanye, I ain't saying Kanye is deceived. And I, I ain't seen one of them services. I ain't been to now one of them services. So I don't know nothing to say. I can't. I cannot make a, uh, a informed comment about what Kanye doing. I think anybody who, you know, who offer folks an opportunity to worship is cool. You know, but what do you, what, what is the what is the outcome, you know, for what you know what what's first of all what is the motivation, and we know what the motivations are based upon the outcomes. Yeah. So what are the outcomes? Nothing. Folks just went to a show, mm-hmm. so you know what the motivation is. The plan was to have a show. Um, <coughs> I think so. Based on what you were saying, Lewis, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you Bees. was. Louis <laughs> D's nuts <laughs> and other tasty treats sponsored by I give you an ad bro obviously when, when none of us are mature enough to get past that so um, no and I'm 57 uh, and just not, so far from we, being mature we, enough we just we can't we cannot oh, you know they converse to say we can't that. unhear that you know they, they um, you know the new kid the new version is both of them Oh, both of them. You, 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 you know Mr. Both of them? I don't know anything about it. Both of these nuts. Oh. <laughs> That's how they do it now. That's the new way. I got okay. got the other day. Okay, uh, let's, let's reel it in. Okay. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, no, no. Oh, um, you mentioned, like, um, I think you made a, a really good point but um, about um, you, the question of why are millennials leaving the church, and you say because most of them were never a part of it. But I think it's more complex than that. Um I think that with, and it's this saying that we all we always say in our family, like a sermon lived is so much better than a sermon preached. And um, we have to take responsibility. I think it's, it's dismissive to just simply say, they weren't a part of it, let them go by, they don't know, they ever was raised this way, they didn't hear. I'm That's glad true. you that. I'm glad you caught that. Yeah, but I never said that. Just well, no, no, well, no, well, yeah, and this is and this is not in any way to attack you, but just the thinking of a lot of people do think that way. Um, and it's it is okay. Well, you're not a part of the church. You weren't a part of it anyway, or um, it wasn't ingrained in you. So we're not going to be worried about you leaving. But I and I don't I don't know that that's what you're saying. But I, I know a lot of people do think that way. But I think the what's problematic about it is that as a church, if um, it's a responsibility and a responsibility is discipleship you know the responsibility is to win souls is to i mean that's the ultimate responsibility over it being a business um you know just like jesus went up in the church and, and flipped tables around he's like you know y'all making my father's house like a you know he he went in there because a he's like you got yeah a den of thieves like you are making it about the business of it versus it being about what this was really supposed to be for and it's to it's discipleship. Um, I think in saying that, we have a responsibility within the church um, to exhibit certain characteristics and ways of being that would invoke a person to even want to be intrigued by God, um, intrigued with the whole concept of God, of Jesus, of, of walking into the four walls of a building. And I think if, you know, to say that, you know, well, let them go. We have to look at how we're how we are portraying and how we're conveying God. And I think um, that's the thing. Like they don't see it if they don't see it in you. If they don't see how He operates in you, 
And why? Why do I? Why am I attracted to that? How can a person like Kanye West walk into a space and and gather in 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 less than a few minutes, ten thousand people get free tickets and show up in an in a uh, open space to hear the gospel? It wasn't free. We had to pay. Y'all had to pay. Well, not in Chicago, point. it was not free. Not <laughs> I don't know. Let me but stop. I, I'm afraid. No, so, and, and I guess this is the hard part about conversation. And sometimes my words out of context or without knowing the totality of me might betray my heart. I'm not saying throw them away. I'm not saying be dismissive. But okay. too, often, <laughs> <laughs> too, too often these conversations are one-sided. So I started off saying that church was a business, not to say that it is a business and that the goal is to make money but it's to highlight the part of everything that everybody oftentimes forgets in the conversations that I hear. It's always, again, the church is pimping everybody. The lights need to come on. Love does not keep the lights on at the church. Why is everybody leaving the church? Because a lot of people never were a part. I mean, the question is asked, why? The why for some people is they were never a part of it. You can't disciple someone who's not a Christian. You can, you can. This. I don't understand that one. It's, it's okay. okay to disagree, but what I'm saying is in order for you to take up your cross and follow Christ, you have to first accept Christ as your Savior. I'm not saying don't be an example, and this, again, is where we disagree. I don't believe that church is a social club. There's a social aspect to church. There is a communal aspect of the church of where the, the church has been the gathering place for the black community. I'm not disagreeing with that. Right. And while kids come into the church, yes, disciple them, nurture them, love on them. But if you, if I'm discipling you without you having made a decision for Christ, I'm just being your mentor. So when I say disciple, in order for me to disciple you, we have to have a set of standards that, okay, we're walking in the way of Christ this way. So it, I'm, I'm not saying discard. I'm not saying throw them away, but I'm saying you got to be ready. Be a, well, there has to be a confrontation I, I, with the gospel I, I in order for us to be disciple. I can I kind of understand what you're saying, but I'm not sure that that's even biblical, because it, we can take a text. I I mean, yeah, I mean, and you can prove text anything. I mean, we can, but but the but ultimately, like. I guess that's the difference then between spirituality and churchianity then. No, because no, 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 no. And that's well, the thing. That's the thing. So what a lot of people don't want, see, in, or, in order to be discipled, you have to be accountable. What a lot of my millennial friends don't want, and again, your millennial friends might be different. No, that's true. But <laughs> if I say, bruh. Yeah, accountability is real. You, 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 you out here, I've noticed that you're out here smashing like chicks night after night after night. Now, we both believe in the same Jesus, and if we agree on the authority of the scriptures, which a lot of Christians don't, that's up for debate. That's cool. But when but the Jesus Bible says, "Ain't never did say no, don't no, smash I mean, every and again, night," and we can talk Jesus about, "Ain't never said no, that," and, though. and that's fine. And again, I'm, so I'm going back to the prescribed set of things. If you don't believe in the authority of Paul's teachings, that's cool. Then we're not having that conversation. But if you come to my church and we believe in the same text. And you want to say, well, I want to be a part of this ministry. I don't believe nothing Paul wait, wait, wait. said because he said fine, slaves right? obey your masters. And that's cool. Everything well, you, you, else you, you, goes you. out the window. That's cool. Pause, 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 pause. I have a very different perspective on that, though, yeah, but, and, and we, I would love to share. We can get you back know. to that as soon as I finish this point right here. But if you're smashing a chick every night after night after night, and I say because I'm supposed to be discipling you, bro, you're out of line. 
we go and talk to our pastor and our pastor says, bro, you're out of line. Mm. And if it's preached across the pulpit and the whole church is just smashing everybody and the pastor says, we have a standard, stop smashing everybody. Why are you talking about me? Why are you calling me out on the pulpit? And now because you've been called out so-called, now I want to leave and I want to go find something that appeases me. And that's what I find a lot of times I, I is that we lack accountability, and that is where discipleship really comes. I'll just have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, you hey, can jump in now if you want to. I mean, I ain't so do you say. do you agree I, or disagree that uh, millennials lack the desire of accountability from the church? I don't want to say all. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, for the majority, I, I can I, I can agree with a, that point. I don't think that's a millennial thing. I think uh, that 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 humans. Um, the only reason why I say that humans do, I think humans do stuff. All humans do stuff, uh, and humans like what they like. I think the church invites us to lie to each other and to pretend that we have certain <clears throat> ethical standards that we really don't. And I think that um, that church, not only children's church. But I think that regular church is dangerous. Um, it's um, Kiva said she introduced the term spirituality, and I think that that might be the only thing that's going to be able to save us. The church is dying. The church as we know it, with these fake pseudo conventions that are informed by Victorian sensibilities uh, that, again, and even if one can say, I believe that Jesus is black, as you have confessed, dear brother, but if one's theology isn't black, uh, it makes no difference. You know, your, 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 your Christological understanding loses significance if there's not a sense of blackness and Africanness in the way that you understand who you are as an, my as question an individual. Is, my question is who's the gatekeeper of what counts as blackness? And that's my and that's the my gate, critique and well, that's my that, question. Well, no, it's, is not oftentimes, a, it's not about a gatekeeper. There's a there's what is known as a universal African worldview. Uh you what what is European worldview is characterized by binary understandings of reality as opposed to African understandings which say that things are what they are. But a but a, a, a European understanding says, well, okay, uh this that's a that's that's a woman. I mean, that's a woman. That's a man. The man is preferred over the woman. The man is more valued over the woman. What we do is we we say this is a behavior. This is the thing, and then we place value on it. And then once we place the value on it, we say that this is preferred over that. And all I'm suggesting is is that that's a European way of understanding reality. That's not a black way of understanding reality. And that's how you get what we got in this country, where you only guilty if you get caught. You know, and, and, and you're only guilty if you ain't got no money. But if you got money, you ain't guilty. And if you don't get caught, you ain't guilty. Well, again, that's a European way of of understanding inter interactions and relationships among human beings. All I'm saying, all I'm suggesting is, is that there is a there is a way, there is a way that is informed by the idea of blackness that and and what characterizes it. For, it's, it's simple. It's ma'at. That's that's the ancient understanding. I was, I was about to ask. I was truth, about, yeah. justice, 
uh, harmony, righteousness, balance, order, reciprocity. The, I mean, we we know what black truth is. <laughs> we know it, and we know what cracker truth is. Right. Okay. It's can I deceive you, or do I have more power than you? And if I got more power than you, then I get to be right, and you get to be wrong. I think my 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 pushback, and I appreciate all that you're saying, and I think it's very valid. But this. This is my issue, I guess, with millennials and a lot of the the turning of the tide. Not to say that the church is without its critiques and without need for reform and change, but the fact that the default is negative and the default is evil and the default is somebody's trying to pull wool over your eyes. Believe it or not, there are some Christians who actually live this thing. There's some people who are actually trying to do this thing. There's some people who actually do care about souls and not money. There's a way to preach and to get people pack out of church well, bro, easy. But what does that mean to care about no, souls? What, what does mean, that mean? It see, means that's see, an abstract no, kind no, no, of no, thing. No, see, what does it, that mean? I would like to. How do you care about souls? But what we do is what we do is we give people food. Saying. Right. We give folks food because people in this neighborhood ain't got no food. So we give them food. That's how I care about your soul. Telling you, giving you moral judgments is not caring for your soul. Why is it that you believe that the church is always about passing down moral judgments? That see, you're That's the only thing I can glean from what you're putting out there, brother. No, that's because you come to what I'm so saying like, so with the art preconceived. Because no, no. Well, what no, are no, you no, saying? No, then? No, 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 no. What are you saying? And what I'm saying because you're I'm using these these these. No, and here's the problem that I have again Christian with woke terms. church. With Christian terms, because I don't speak a certain way. No, but what no, 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 stop, stop, stop. No, you don't Pause. defend, just explain. No, I'm trying to. I would love the to hear, is, I would love to hear this thought out. Um, so because, yeah. because I use theological terms that's accepted in the academy, because I use language that the church has used, because I don't lock my hair, because I don't split my verbs off. No, no, no. It's a pre... Wow. I have not said anything to betray the blackness of the church. I've not said anything to, to denote that I'm not blackity black for Jesus. But because I'm not um, um, I'm rebuking the, the structure, because I'm not speaking truth to power in the way that you choose to speak truth to power, does not negate what I'm saying. Both of what we're saying can be true. I didn't but the pro say no, no, no. That. You're saying I have not made any. I've not asserted a position. I'm speaking right. in terms of moral mandates. I've not said anything about what's right and what's wrong. All I've said is that a Christian is someone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus. A disciple is someone who's made that decision, and now we're walking on that path together. No one's ever said any conversation about male, female, preferred, or whatever. Essentially, what I believe is, again, the saving of your soul is first. Because I believe in a literal heaven and I believe in a literal hell. That's my, and if you don't believe, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Secondarily, after that, I have a mandate to do works that accompany salvation. Doing good works. Faith without works is dead. Jesus went about doing good works, healing people, feeding mm -hmm. people. No. That is my mandate as a Christian. That, too, is caring for your soul. Yeah. If I just want to get you saved and then send you off, if I want to get you saved and take your money, that is not a Christian. That is not a believer. Right. 
And so when people come to the conversation to say, I believe in this set of things, it's not fair to lump everybody and saying, oh, they're all trying to pimp everybody. Oh, they're all trying to take them. No. No one said that. Well, no one said that. You may not have said that, but to speak, I, I will say this. You um, hear that a lot. You right? do hear it a lot, and I will say. Especially in our generation. Yeah, so. And it is a difference. Generational, every generation has a a vibe, a spirit of some sort. Right. It just it is what it is. You know, um, our generation, I can agree with you, um, it's not a lot of accountability. Um, you do have that this cancel. We are the cancel generation or the generation where judge let's not that you know, whatever they say, let there not be judged. Like nobody can judge you and all this type of stuff. Like we grew up in that type of generation and because of that it's not a lot of checks and balances. It's not a lot of uh, it's not a lot of the ability to be able to be told some information and just hold it. Just hold it there for a minute, receive it, eat it, spit it out. It's always like an attack, and I do think that is something that is very characteristic of our generation. And, well, I, well, I say this. I but, say, but all right, you keep going, girl. However, because I agree and this. However, um, and this is general. That's a complete generalization. Right. However. We also have to look at in the church structure, like what are we doing? What what has the church done? So it's one it's one thing to say, like um, you know, there are some really good Christians. Well, for a long time, people knew that there were really good Christians, but there were a lot of you know things that happened in the church. Why people have started to form these opinions, so all the scandals, all the things that's coming out, and people have looked because people have looked at the church and at the as the pastors as these these models. When these things happen, you now have a breakdown. And it's not just a breakdown of that particular church. It's a breakdown of the whole body and the whole structure. So it's, so it's not an us versus them. It's, we have to have compassion for people who've, who've walked away because we are responsible in mm -hmm. some way for why they walked away. I agree. So th that's how I look I, at it. I, do, you, I, I agree with Slaughter when Slaughter said it's not necessarily a generation. It's a human thing. I think with our generation, it's a lot more visible because – we are a lot more visible and like before before you know our parents opinions weren't able to be tweeted out and retweeted by a thousand people you well, know what i mean that makes us different though yeah yeah like we i think we had a different level of access and a different level of visibility but i feel like we're not doing and saying nothing that hasn't already been said or done um my question is because we see this different perspective, but how, because I think we all agree in the importance of the institution of this church. Mm -hmm. So, because uh, we could talk about this all day, and I want to get to the last two questions before we close out. One, with people like Kanye West, how do we leverage that? How does the, how does the church leverage that and win? Like, Kanye West came to church today, packed it out. And they did the sermon on ties. You said that was an uh, injustice to the church. I do feel like it was based off how they did it. I don't think, I think the idea of tithing has been pimped, but I do think tithing is necessary, not only for the church, but for yourself. So how do we leverage stuff what people, Kanye West is doing with Sunday services? How do we leverage what Snoop Dogg did when he did his gospel album? We got major artists with major platforms Give, I feel like giving the church an alley-oop, and it's, I don't feel like we slam dunking it. How do we do that? I, I, I'm, I'm the only woman at the table, so <laughs> why not? So um, um, I think that 
with okay so what they're doing you have these people who have all of this um i mean they got mass appeal everybody's looking at them so it's a spotlight so they bring in they bring this spotlight into the church into this space and i think i don't know what happened at new birth so i can't speak on what happened there but if you're saying that they spent 45 minutes and to 45 minutes was pretty much tithing, that's an opportunity. So that's an opportunity for them to, it's people that, that walked in that church that would never go, that would never walk into the four walls of the church, period. And Kanye West, they, I mean, the, what they bring, these are people who would not go into the four walls of a church. So you have an opportunity now to bring God, to bring Jesus to these people. You have, you have, this is, this is your opportunity. Like you, you do it every single week, but this is an opportunity to speak to people that are not other church people. And I think for the longest, the church has been speaking to other church people versus speaking to people outside of the church, which is really what we're supposed to be doing. We're, we're feeding each other, but we're also feeding each other for a reason. And the ultimate reason is to reach out and get these people, to help these people, to, to bring Jesus to these people. And if we make it where, because, I mean, how I've seen it is pretty much he comes and he, I don't know if he's taking over the whole service, but that's an opportunity for them to be able to bring this to the masses and, 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 and not have him necessarily hijack the whole service. Now, I'm not sure if Kanye is, he's not bringing the word. He's pretty much just worshiping his music. Well, he worshiping um, and he ministering in yeah, the process. But, yeah, but. And, I, and I can't knock it. I'm a, not, not only am I a Kanye West fan, but... I mean, I feel like he's not an enemy to the church. You know, if he's he's not an enemy of us. So we can utilize that by making it an opportunity for us to talk to the people, to bring it to them. So, Lada, how would you use it at a beloved? Or is it something you would use in the uh, process of gaining these young people that necessarily wouldn't be coming? But And a lot of the young people, came. They, they're not going to church no more, but they came from the church. Cause like yeah, they knew all the songs. Like he was singing real gospel songs, and all of them knew this. But they ain't there no more. Like I'm just saying, how it has to be something that we can leverage to get young people back to the church. And I just want to know your perspective. How would you say? How would you do it? If do it at all? <clears throat> well, I'm just. I, 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 I'll respond to that like this. So one day, on Sunday, I'm standing out on the south porch of our little church around the corner. And I'm watching people walk up the street, down the street, to the left, the right, with these boxes of food that they got from the food pantry at the church. Generally, we feed about 120 families a week. And um, and we do it from the tithes and offerings that we raise. Um, because our belief is that the church ought to give people something instead of people, uh, instead of the church always expecting to be given to by others. Because it, it from my reading of the text, uh, the whole the whole temple idea was designed for a certain class of people who were in, in Israel 
a certain class to be benefited, and we called them priests, and a whole structure of ideas was created around this idea of supporting a group of people who did not, quote, have land allotted to them, unquote, and so people were to take care of them. I I get the the basis for it, and I look at how it's been perverted. But again, I'm standing on the on the back porch, and I said, uh, "Damn, I ain't see none of them at church. They all walking away with food, and I didn't see none of them at church." And I heard it clearly, a voice. Don't know where it was from. It probably was just from inside my head. It was just so loud that I heard it outside. Uh, but I thought it was God. And the voice said, fool, that is the gospel. Ain't nobody got to listen to that bullshit that you got to say. Ain't nobody got to come and sit still in no spot and, and hear your platitudes about what the text says and listen to your doctrinal statements about what the requirements are to be a part of this little fucking group. That's bullshit. The gospel is give somebody something and try to help them figure out how they're going to make it in this cold and evil world that is attempting to gobble them up and, and spit them out. We live in the, this, we in the Pittsburgh community. Half the houses over here are owned by some big corporation and people living in them with no lights, no gas, no damn water, and nothing to eat. I don't give a damn about, I don't, I don't, I don't care about, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a psychologist, man. I'm trying to keep people, help people who sick. And our, our people sick. Uh, and, and we on that, because uh, we on that bullshit. Right. We sick. And we ain't going to get real until we get off that bullshit and get about the business of caring for each other because that is what the gospel is, providing care for each other. That's, and, it, and if we can have, the best thing that we're going to get out of this is have the conversation and invite people in the conversation as it relates to Kanye West doing what Kanye West does. If Kanye West is taking care of people in the community, that's great. If Kanye West just selling sneakers, using this to sell more sneakers, then, you know, fuck Kanye West. <laughs> that's <laughs> you know? real. There it is. Lord, how would you leverage how do you leverage this? How should the church be leveraging this moment, this attention that Kanye is bringing to church? I mean, if he's not against us, then he's for us. Um, I think that the church shouldn't ignore this phenomenon. Um, I think that it's wrong to conflate Sunday service as the full depth and breadth of what church is. I, I wouldn't say that if I went to a Sunday service that that was my impartation and hearing from God for the week. Now, it could be, but I think that there's more to it. So I think that it's a great place to say this is a starting point. Um, yo, you've got people, believers, some unbelievers. It's something, come see what's going on. And what he's saying, I think I saw one clip where he crafted a song, but each line of the song was backed up by a Bible verse. That's something we wanted to do at my church, and I think that's a beautiful thing because a lot of gospel music is not Bible-based, but Kanye has gone through the effort to back up his songs with scripture. Um, that might be some of the only scripture that some people get, and that might be the only thing that they have to hold on to all week long. So I think it's a beautiful thing what he's doing. 
Um, but I would want to encourage other people that there's more to understand. And I want them to, I don't know, again, what he's done. I don't think any of us really know what the Sunday service is about. But I just want somebody to be introduced to Jesus. And like Pastor said over here, like, if it's through good works and it's through helping the community, then great. If they're introduced to the real Jesus, the one who wants to save their soul through good works and through here and, uh, the, the hereafter, then that's great too. So I think it's a great starting point, um, and the church shouldn't ignore it. I'm rocking with it. I'm rocking with it. Last but not least, um, go around. Give me your churches. Uh, where are you worshiping and your appeal? Why somebody should be there this coming Sunday? How can we find you? How can we get with you? So I know you're not necessarily pastor, but you represent your church. So <laughs> Embassy International. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Embassy International um, on Fulton Industrial. Uh, Apostle Brian Meadows. You can check us out at um, on Sundays at 9 a.m., 11 a.m. service. Also Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Why should we come? Hmm. The same reason why I came. Um, we ain't gonna make this long and drawn out, but <laughs> shit, it's your story. Okay, well, um, don't make that shit long. Though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've probably been the least long-winded, I would say. But um, no, um, and that is debatable. But <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute now. <laughs> but no, um, I um, I think the church for me is it's an unconventional fit. Um, it fits me because I don't really fit in in, in most um, churches because of my background and because of um, just how I am spiritually. So um, I think what you're gonna get at an embassy is um, a break from religion. Um, and you're gonna be able to like really see um, what worshiping in spirit and truth can look like. And that's what attracts me to the church. Yeah, I got single women. Would you would you minister to him, please? And have him know we need to lay, lay hands. He needs some. Seventeen years, nothing took. <laughs> I was I was anointing people to this earlier today. You should have came. I might still have Pastor, some shit under my right. hand there. Flick <laughs> <laughs> some on you. All right, Dr. Slaughter, where you at? Beloved Community Church of Atlanta, eleven thirteen. Ira Street in the beautiful Pittsburgh community, the first black suburb of the city of Atlanta, established in 1883. Yeah, yeah something like that right there. Um, yeah, on the corner of Ira and Roy in, in, in Pittsburgh, man. Just ecstatic to be in this space doing what we're doing. Uh, we kick it on, we kick off at, with Freedom School at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. Then at 10.30, we provide free breakfast to the uh, people of the community. At 11 o'clock, we kick off worship. At one o'clock, we kick off the food pantry. And it bumps until the last person gets served. Usually we knock off around about 2.30 or 3. And usually about 120 families around about uh, receive 25 pound boxes of food. Then we meet on Wednesday for the Wednesday night gathering. It's part, it's part Bible study, part street therapy. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a clinical psychologist by education, yeah, by so, schooling. And, yeah, and so I, I, uh, I just kind of have group therapy and along with some Bible study, and we just kind of, kind of debunk and deconstruct, um, you know, traditional. 
uh, interpretations of the text and look at it and begin to interpret the text from the bottom up because we the people on the bottom. It don't make no sense for us to interpret the text from the top down. So we kind of just do that and how that you know works with us. And uh, the reason why I would ask people to want people to come um, well, we experimenting with liberation. So if you have aspirations to be free, then it would be a good place for you to come. Mm. Do me a favor, because <laughs> most people don't know uh, how I know Dr. Slaughter. I actually uh, taught his son yeah. after school. That's one of that's one of my son to my left, Molly. Slide him the mic. I want to know why we should come. Oh, now you feel to get it. Now. Exactly. <laughs> so, Molly, come on, man. You know, why, why should we come to the beloved, Molly? You've been over there quiet, man. Um, thank you. Um, we, um, black people, I'll say this. Um, um, beloved community is a, a church for people of um, black people. If anybody can come, but you have to be ready to um, to receive like a, a black theology because we're African people. And um, it would be um, kind of silly, in my opinion, to um, like, it's just like um, Jesus, like you say, how people put Jesus in the image of white, which is false, right? Like we we believe that Jesus is a black man, and um, that already as soon as people see come into the space, like that gives people confidence to want to praise the Lord. But just come because like it's free. Come 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 as you are. We don't ask that you wear like a suit and tie because who we're trying to impress, we're trying to um, get free. Um, and um, learn what Jesus was about and like how he cared for us. So I would say, come, come as you are. And if you like to praise, scream, shout, do what you need to get free and to um, cleanse yourself, you should come to the beloved Community Church of Atlanta. Let me tell y'all, man, I love this dude so much, man. Like, you, but I gotta give you some money for that. Hey, look, <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> man, my, man, I met Molly, man, in sixth grade, dog. Yeah, yeah. Sixth grade, where I met this young man, and you know that That's was. That's why I call you Mr. E. Yeah, cause. You know what I'm saying? Because okay. uh, my children call you Mr. E. And I believe in favor. Anybody know me know I believe in favorites, man. I got a favorite sibling, a favorite parent, a favorite girl. You know what I'm saying? It, like, this was my favorite student. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. And it was crazy. When we walked up, we saw Gilbert Young and, you know, the artist in here. And Molly and I were talking about Gilbert Young just like an hour ago. You know, it was just it was something divine like, appointment. Yeah, it's just, so I'm here, and you got me over time too. Yeah, yeah we and, uh, you know we go. Good, we, but you've been good though. You you're a good brother. I you're I, a good brother. I appreciate that. <laughs> but last, last but not least, my pleasure, Lewis. Mm-hmm. Man, tell us where your church at, and uh, why should we be there? Yeah, man. Um, so name of my church is Family of God Church. It's over in 4508 Bibb Boulevard, um, in Tucker, Georgia. Um, pastor is the very fine Marion LDs, my daddy. Um, D nuts. <laughs> I love you, bro. Totally inappropriate. Um, <laughs> service starts Sunday at 11 a.m. Um, why should you come to our church? So, if you come from a Pentecostal background, you'll find freedom that you've never really had before. Um, for people outside of the that culture, please still come. You're more than welcome, but. I'll say that we have love at our church. Um, people walk in when we're not even there, and they just say, "There's something I feel. I feel love here." Um, we believe that we teach and preach the truth, but we do it in love. We work with people, we grow with people, we laugh, cry, we enjoy, and we put a strong emphasis on family. Uh, we think that family is the building block of the church, the building block of the community. Um, 
And that was God's first institution. Before there was a black church, before there was black schools, there was the black family. And that's what we have to preserve at all costs because all forms of systems, all forms of powers, they're doing everything they can to try to rip the family apart. And if we can be the best black men, black women, the best third gendered person that you are, whoever you are, just come and figure out how you fit into God's family. And we just want to help you be the best you so that God can use you the way that God wants to use you. That's dope. Well, I can say I've been to two out of the three churches announced, uh, Dr. Slaughter's and uh, Louis D's. Um, when you come to the beloved community? I've came to your church. Yeah, he just called you out, bro. Yeah, no, he he said you ain't darkened the doors. The First of all, bro, I have spent New Year's uh, oh, yeah, year with you, you every wait, for the last past yeah, three years. Yeah, but that's because we worship together with, uh, Reverend, with with your pastor. But I came to your church this year, and I was in the choir. Tore that thing up. Yeah, well, y'all did. Y'all rock. Y'all did rock. But, again, <laughs> you didn't just come to my church. You came with your church. So check this so out. So that wasn't coming to my church. To those, to those that... <laughs> To yeah, those, to those that are listening, <laughs> to have those you, that are listening, you ain't never seen them come to the church, have you, Molly? Molly, Molly? don't lie. The, you, the, don't I, lie I, I do know. Do you know what we, with the family, what we call Molly? What? He, he known as the prophet. <laughs> so he gonna tell if you lying. Now. <laughs> so put it like this, just so I can debunk that, since it don't count, because I don't been in there, but because I, I came with my church, it don't count. I will be at Beloved Community this Sunday, coming up. And any of the first person to come to church, sit with me and leave a review. I buy you dinner at the church. Well, I'm gonna come sit with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this so this this episode drops on Tuesday. This episode drops on Tuesday. Come to church with me at a beloved community. Leave a review. I have matter of fact, I buy you dinner and fill up your gas tank. Wow. Come. I'm definitely uh, sitting next to you. Come. Molly preaching Sunday. <laughs> I, I'll be at the beloved community this Sunday. And I ain't gonna put no gas in the car all week. <laughs> this how this how good I'm feeling. I'll be at the beloved community this Sunday. The following Sunday, I'll be at the uh, family. I'll be at uh, Little Dude's church. Family of God church. Family of God church. And last but not least, I'll be sitting right beside my girl, Sakina. Cool. Three weeks in a row, because I ain't been to church in nine weeks in a row. So <laughs> it should balance out. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. It's, it's a balance out, man. There they go. You know what, brother? That was what I was thinking about uh, this morning. I was <laughs> showering, and I thought about balance. Mm. You know, the idea is, you know, Come to do as bro been saying, do some good works to balance out that bullshit, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, so All that bullshit uh, you be putting because, <laughs> because they came with they came and rocked with me, man, on a Sunday last minute. I'll be at all of their churches the next three Sundays. Oh. And after that, you ain't gonna catch me in church in twenty twenty one after that goddamn <laughs> But thank you, thank you, Elders, for having us and thank y'all for being yeah. here. Like I enjoyed this conversation. It was Really, really good. Thank you. Same. Vigorous conversation. I appreciate y'all. Thanks, all right. thanks for bringing women to the table. Oh yeah, yeah. One, you <laughs> represent all the women in the world. That's how right. we do here. And the church, <laughs> yeah, you're right. And the church, eighty percent black woman. Mm. 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 And this is the only woman I can and get. And twenty-five percent of this conversation. Mm. Mm. Hey, but look to all my listeners. I appreciate y'all for rocking. <laughs> Share, rate, review. See y'all next week. Peace. Agreement and vow that he would always be there for us through whatever he said.
Can we straighten it out? We gotta work it out. We don't wanna be. 